Hey, this is television producer, writer, and comedian Larry Wilmore here to tell you about my new podcast, Larry Wilmore Black on the Air. That's right, that's the actual name. This is a place where you can come to hear my commentary on current events and in depth interviews with entertainers, political figures, athletes, and even astrophysicists like Neil deGrasse Tyson. We went to the moon and we discovered Earth for the first time. And there was Earth afloat, seen not as your schoolroom globe had taught you with color-coded countries, no. Uh It had oceans, land, clouds, and oh my gosh, it's it's transformative. So here's my point. Something else happened. There was a firmware upgrade to our mental state. And we took time out of that day and put Earth first. So you can hear this episode in full and subscribe to my show by searching for Larry Wilmore, Black on the Air, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify Mobile, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Popcorn Match. Is that what we're calling it now? Yep. All right. Bonus episode of the Masked Man Show, a.k.a. the Popcorn... A.k.a. The popcorn match. Um, I'm here. Jim? Jim Cunningham. I'm sitting here with my producer, Jim Cunningham. Last week, Braun Strowman, along with um, Sasha Banks. Yep. And Shinsuke Nakamura. I wish he had taken the mouthpiece out while he did the interview. (laughs) Um, Now we have arguably the greatest wrestler in the history of mankind, Kevin Owens. The face of America. Please enjoy these interviews. I just want to warn you. You're going to hear the most incredible story in pro wrestling history. Uh, it involves Kevin Owens. It involves uh, a, an, a, an almost forgotten wrestler named El Generico. It involves Seth Rollins. And it involves Sheamus. Without further ado, Kevin Owens. Is your schedule different now that you're on Tuesdays instead of Mondays? Does your weekly schedule change? Yeah, well, I get home on Wednesday mornings instead of Tuesday mornings. And I leave my house on Saturday morning instead of Friday morning. So basically just push everything back one day. Do you have a preference? Do you like it better this way? You know, I haven't been doing the uh, SmackDown Live schedule long enough to really know which one I prefer. But I would assume uh, having a Friday night at home must be nice, you know, because... you know, my wife and I would have to go on dates on like Thursday nights yeah. and never get to do anything like the kids have school the next day, stuff like that. But uh, like last Friday, I got to go to my brother-in-law's birthday party, which yeah. I, I never get to do that stuff because oh, normal people don't do things on Wednesday nights. They do them on weekends, you know. So uh, I'm assuming I'm going to enjoy the SmackDown live schedule more just for that Friday night off. A little we were, bit more humane. We were talking to um, AJ Styles a little bit earlier, and he said something to the effect that He's glad he's still on SmackDown instead of going to Raw because he thinks it's a better work rate show. The people that watch SmackDown are more into the wrestling aspect of it. As someone who was on Raw for the last year, how do you feel about him saying that about what you guys were doing on the show? I mean, I don't think he was talking about me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if you watch Raw, uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff on a three hour show. But, uh, you know, if AJ wants to talk about how the work rate's better on a SmackDown, fine. But um, I know he wasn't talking about my matches. Yeah. Might have been talking about other people's matches. He'll deal with that when he wants to. But my matches on Raw were always top-notch, just like Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or Sami Zayn's matches. So I know he wasn't talking about our, you know, our crew. He was probably talking about somebody else. And he could take that up with Braun when he he feels (laughs) like it. 
I, I appreciate you trying to stir shit up on the podcast. Hey, That's, man, really you know helpful. what? I didn't say it. AJ Styles did. That's uh, How do you... I mean, this is this. I guess I asked somebody else this earlier, but like when you're wrestling Sammy on Raw, you've had some like matches that weren't. Uh, you've had some matches recently in the past few months against Sammy on Raw that were like great matches that didn't actually need to be great matches. I mean, that's not like it's not like all necessarily you know one or the other. But how do you get up for a match against somebody on like an episode of Raw that like like how do you how do you make a great match just on any given night? What's the mindset? I mean, you just, uh, you know, Raw is is watched by 3 million people weekly. Yeah. That's a lot of people to watch a, uh, you know, a show and uh, to go out there and not give the best of yourself and everything you can uh, when you have a match. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, I, 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 I'll wrestle in front of 7,000 people in, uh, you know, North Dakota, and I'll, I'll view it the same way as I would uh, the main event of Raw or the main event of a pay-per-view. Um, I'd like to think that everybody on the Raw roster or SmackDown Live rosters feel that way. I don't know if that's true, but uh, the people that I, uh, you know, uh, the people that I speak to, the people that I hang out with, the people that I gravitate towards are all guys that take a lot of pride in their work. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of what happens when you do take a lot of pride in your work. It doesn't matter if it's Raw, SmackDown, or a live event. Uh, you're going to give it your all. Um. So the big, the big question, the one big question for Kevin Owens, you're, you've been on the record talking about meeting Steve Austin in the airport, and he said, what was the, what was the quote? Just keep running your mouth? Yeah, just keep running your mouth. What Never would, stop running your mouth. What's the advice that you would give somebody who walked up to you in an airport right now? Um, right now, this second, it would be get away from me. I've been away from home way too long. I'm very tired. <laughs> that was the answer I was expecting. But uh, if he caught me at a better time, and, uh, you know, they asked me for advice like I did Steve Austin all those years ago. The one thing I'll ask is always, uh, have you been trained yet? You know, because when I met Steve Austin, I was already a trained professional wrestler. I was already wrestling on the independents. Um, but if the person, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me for advice. You know, I want to train. I want to do this. I want to become a wrestler. Uh, what, 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 what should I do? Uh, the first piece of advice, if you're not trained, is to make sure that whatever training school you go to is a good one and you, it's a reliable one. It's somebody you can trust because yeah. there's a lot of bad ones out there and you don't want to start off your career or whatever it might become, you know, uh, on, uh, on a uh, negative note. So that's probably the most important part. But then once you have a couple of years under your belt, like I did when I met Steve Austin, is a huge reason why I'm here today. I remember you saying that you sort of had to relearn your training. Like you did training for a while, and then you realized you were doing everything wrong. Yeah. Um, how long did it take you from that, like, sort of stopping point of "oh, this wasn't right"? Well, to then so learning the right way. I wouldn't say that I had a bad, like, I didn't go to a bad wrestling school. What happened is I went to a pretty decent wrestling school that was trained that was run by someone who had a very different view of wrestling. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, Jacques Rougeau, formerly known as the Mountie in WWE. Um, he just didn't see wrestling the way the entire wrestling world saw it. <laughs> yeah. He would run his shows every couple of months, uh, you know, back in Montreal and, or in Quebec, in the province of Quebec. And uh, he would run his shows the way he wanted them run. And he would have uh, his wrestlers wrestle the way he wanted them to wrestle. And uh, the way he would train us wasn't uh, the way that you're supposed to be trained. But it wasn't necessarily bad training. I was never in danger. I never felt unsafe. He never took liberties. He never hurt me or anything like that. He just didn't train me the way I should have been trained. You know what I mean? Like, uh, 
he still runs a wrestling school to this day. But if I were, you know, now I am a parent. Of course, my son's only nine. But if my son, you know, was 16 and was asking me, hey, I want to train for wrestling. Can I go to the same school you went to? I would say, no, you're not, because that's not how you're supposed to be trained. I would never send an aspiring wrestler to that wrestling school. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of good wrestling schools back home in Montreal. Uh, one of them uh, actually uh, is run by a guy named Drew Onyx. It's called the Torture Chamber. Don't, you know, don't judge it by the name. It's actually <laughs> a fantastic uh, place to train. And I went there and trained with him and his students for uh for a couple months before I got my WWE tryout, and I really feel like if I hadn't went to train with him, I wouldn't have. Uh, I probably wouldn't have gotten signed because he really, uh, just through his training, almost going back to the basics, you know. Because after wrestling on the independence for so long, it's not like I was training for the basics anymore. And obviously, I knew what I was doing, but just kind of going through the motions of the basics really helped get ready for the tryout because the tryout is pretty much all about the basics, and they want to see your stamina, they want to see how, you know what kind of shape you're in, and they want to see how. Uh, you know, how your basics are because not everybody, those tryouts have, you know, 10, 10, 12 years of experience. A lot of the guys that I was with for that tryout had never been in the ring before. So, um, but yeah, with that said, uh, I wouldn't say I was at a bad wrestling school. I just wasn't at the right wrestling school. And, uh, you know, that's goes along with my advice. Make sure you find a trainer that uh, you can rely on. I don't think my trainer was reliable, which is why, you know, when I left his wrestling school and I started wrestling on the smaller independent companies in Montreal and around, you know, Montreal, I realized, oh man, this was all wrong, you know? And I already had, obviously, because I'd re I watched wrestling for so long, I had an aptitude for it and I had a, uh, you know, I, I kind of knew what I was supposed to do. Even when I was being trained by Jacques Rousseau the way he was training me, I kind of knew that that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem like that's how they do things. And I was right. My instinct was correct. So I was able to catch up pretty quick and, you know, get, get to where I needed to be to, to keep learning and keep growing. But, um, you know, I, I kind of went two steps. I, I kind of took two steps back to, you know, eventually go forward. But that's all good. I'm here now, so that's all that matters. Yeah. You, um, you, you seem to be having a lot of fun when the cameras aren't on. Like when, when you see, I've seen you at house shows, but I've also, during commercial breaks on Raw, like you're the best part of the show, I think. I've heard lots of people have told me that too. Is that, do you like to, is there a certain part of you that like yourself that like you let out at that moment? Or are you just like, just trying to keep the crowd hyped? What's, what's the thought process there? Um, I don't know that there's any really specific thought that goes through my mind, to be honest. I mean, house shows are very, very different than television because uh, you're only catering to the people that paid the ticket that night to see you. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about the millions of people watching, you know, through that little square that's off in the distance yeah. that you have to worry about too, you know? So the house shows, I guess it's, um, it's almost more like going back to the, what I would do on the independent circuit, you know, because I used to wrestle in front of two, 300 people. Sure. Uh, now it's, you know, a couple thousands, a few, like five, six thousands every night, if not more. But, uh, you know, it's, it's basically the same process, yeah. you know, you got to involve the crowd and make sure everybody's having a good time. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, when we're in commercial on TV, I, I, I don't know that I really ever think I'm going to save this for when I'm in commercial. You know, I think it's just kind of something that happens. And uh, I guess I am a little bit more, I, I guess I let loose a little bit more when the cameras aren't on just because I like to give the people in the audience a little something special to, you know, hey, you didn't see this, but I was there, so I saw this. Yeah. It's just kind of a cool little thing, I guess, that comes from when... I was a fan and I would go to the Bell Center and I'd watch Raw or SmackDown or even the house shows, the live events, and you know, get to see stuff that you don't see on TV. It's, it's kind of a cool feeling. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, well, one of my claims to fame is that I saw you um, 
uh, at the last ladder war with Generico, and it's one of the greatest and most terrifying nights of my life. Uh, it was talking a, about the one Eddie Edwards wrestled in with a broken arm? Is that the one you No, no, no. The no. one with... Uh, it was with, Oh, me and him against each other. Yeah. Yes, that one was a bad one. I thought you meant the last one we did as a team. Yeah, no. When you the were yeah, referring to was even worse. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that... I mean, that's a, it's a great... The, the, the closing... The last move in that... The last spot in that match where you go through like the three layers of ladders or yeah. whatever is, is one of the great wrestling gifts of all time. I mean, people, people pass yeah. that around. What's the... On the on the like how much you hurt the next day scale is that is that the top? Well, actually, there's a bit of a funny story that goes with that one. So, as far as how much how bad I was hurt the next day, I was hurting, but I don't know if it was really related to that move you're referring to. Uh-huh. What happened was that show was in the afternoon in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Uh-huh. That night was the first uh, WWE pay per view uh, to be to take place in the Barclays Center. It was TLC. It was Seth Rollins' first pay-per-view. So Generico and I did that match. And right before the match, I started feeling a little weird and threw up as my music was playing. So I'm like, that's not good. Went out, did the ladder match, managed to get through it, came right back and threw up again immediately as soon as I went through the curtain. But, uh, you know, we have to go to the Barclays Center to watch Seth Rollins' first pay-per-view match. So uh, I threw up all the way there. We drove there. I walked out, threw up in the parking lot. Threw up right outside Barclays Center, went in, got my tickets uh, that Seth Rollins had left for us. Uh, and, you know, it was Seth Rollins' first pay-per-view, so clearly he wasn't in, in good with the office yet because the tickets were at the very top of Barclays <laughs> Center, like three rows from the ceiling. So I made my way up there. Uh, of course, it's packed, and I'm not feeling well. I've thrown up many times already, and I feel like I'm going to throw up again. So I'm watching the show. And then at some point, Seamus' music hit. And that was it, man. I had to get out of there. And I've never told Seamus this, and I'm sorry. I'm sure it had nothing to do with you personally, buddy. I didn't know you back then, but I'm sure it had nothing to do with you. Just as soon as I heard your music, I don't know why I'm talking to him now, but as soon as I heard Seamus' music, I had to leave. So I, And, you know, it's pretty steep. Like, it's a, if you fall, you're fucked, man. You're going to roll over people. You it's kill the steepest everybody. place in the world. Yeah. I managed to get down the steps. I ran to the bathroom. I tried to go to one of the, like... Uh, the family companion stalls, whatever. So it would just be me throwing up and not like people taking shits next to me while I'm throwing up. I couldn't get in there. I was really panicked, but an employee saw me. So he unlocked the door and let me in. And I proceeded to throw up for about a half hour. Uh, like I was lying on the ground in like this, the, the, the bathroom, the, 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 the stall just d- destroyed. It had nothing to do with the ladder war, but uh, man, I was hurting pretty bad and the next day I wasn't feeling any better thankfully I managed to see uh, Rollins' first pay-per-view match in its uh, entirety I managed to keep it in for the whole match but uh, yeah I was in bad shape after that match but like I said it probably wasn't really related to that at all it wasn't the ladders it was just uh, I don't know maybe the Olive Garden I had a couple hours before the show I don't know <laughs> you know you eat too many of those breadsticks it just comes right back up you know, it's the stuffed mushrooms that get me there you actually. go, yeah. there you go. I love the stuffed mushrooms Olive Garden don't get me wrong just <laughs> Well, I think I eat too many. this episode of the Mass Man Show is sponsored by Olive Garden. <laughs> there you go. No, it's not. That's the, it's my favorite wrestling story I've heard in a long time. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, well, we'll let you get out of here. Is you right. one last question? No, no, no. I, I want to go out on a high note. All right, Let's, that was no more the question. Question. better than throwing yeah. up stuffed mushrooms at Barclays Center while Seamus's music hits. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much yes, for coming by. That's yeah, great. That's no great. problem, guys. Hey everybody, it's David again. Just jumping. <laughs> Still here. Hey, everybody. Ends up we didn't gotta go. Um, 
I just am jumping back in real quick because AJ Styles is one of the most like just human, like human, wonderful dudes. Not as tall as I thought he was. What does he build as? Six one? No, he's. They don't build him a six one, do they? I don't know. They never say five eleven, but he's about five seven. They don't say that about anybody. Yeah, well, they no, never that's not say true. Under they six said feet. that on I was on on Takeover this weekend, but they did that on Takeover for sure. They were, but they had like Bobby Roode was six one, and Hideo Itami was like they right. referred to him as being five ten or something. Uh, anyway, this AJ Styles interview begins not with a uh, welcome. It kind of begins in the middle of everything. We had just recorded a video with him, um, which is why he's talking about beating up boy bands or failing to beat up boy bands when he starts the show. If you didn't catch it already, uh, the Ringer's YouTube channel has an amazing video where Braun Strowman, AJ Styles, uh, Sasha Banks, uh, Kevin Owens, who else? Nakamura, uh, where they uh, answer some really crazy questions from uh, the Ringer video team about who they could beat up in a fight. So check that out right now. Can you take them? That's that's the official name, yeah. Check that out right now. Um, is there anything else that we're forgetting before we start the interview? Yeah, during the AJ Styles interview here, there is it, the sound of... Every once in a while, you'll hear it They're in the background. they order SVU. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so don't be alarmed. We're all okay. Here's AJ Styles talking about uh, boy bands um, because we filmed a video with him. We'll see you next week, guys. A lot of guys will admit that they like boys bands, but I'm, secu- think, I'm secure in my manhood. I think, you, I think you've earned security yeah. in your manhood. Huge, this of all the people in this room, I think you're the one who's able to get away with that. Uh, new kids on the block. Yeah. yeah, I got them on my phone. There I you sure go. do. Yeah. yeah, that's no problem with that, man. It is what it is. They man. stand the test of time. They do. I, I, dude, I went and saw. <laughs> I went and me and my wife went and saw the Backstreet Boys and New Kids on the Block concert. <laughs> they then went together in a lot. And uh, uh, this was a couple years ago, and uh, this guy comes up like AJ Styles. I'm like, look, you don't <laughs> tell anybody I was here. Right? <laughs> That's great. Wait, where, where do you where do you guys live now? I live in Gainesville, Georgia. All right, that's close to where you where you're from. That's where I'm from. Okay, that's great, man. Yeah, man, I'm not moving. You're the Screw only it. one that's not in Orlando now. Yes, no. I mean, who knows? I may have to end up there. I'm going to try my best not to to live there, but. You know, What's you know. it? Why, why would you move? Just like airports and stuff? No, 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 no. Um, the trainers uh, for the performance center. Performance center, yeah, yeah. Live in Orlando. Right. Okay. Uh, I'd say trainers up my alley. I enjoy that. So. Oh yeah, cool. I don't want to move. We'll see what happens. So they were so. I, so I, we, we were we were talking to the to the ESPN guys who you talked to before. But you're a big video game guy. Yeah, big. Big um, video game guy. Do you do you play wrestling video games? I I do, um, not as much as I used to. Right. Uh, but yeah. What's your what do you play? What's your favorite stuff to play? Wrestling or not or no? Uh, not wrestling. No, no. It's uh, right now at this very moment. Sniper Elite Four is my game of choice. I don't know if you know about this game, but it's by far, at least to me, one of the best games put out in 2017. Uh, World War Two. Uh-huh. You're a sniper. You got to snap some guys, man. <laughs> 
I, I've heard a lot of people who are you know big first-person shooter fans say sniping is the most satisfying thing to do in a game like that. Why is that? Well, uh, you should see me snipe someone because <laughs> it slows down the bullet, and if you hit a vital organ, brain, mm-hmm. heart, lungs, nuts, yes, you can wow, shoot even, somebody's testicles off wow. and kill them. It slows it down so it shows the X-ray of this bullet going through you know one of those organs. Oh, that's intense. It's awesome. <laughs> right. I mean, it, I mean, I can't explain it. I just have, you know what? You, you guys need to look it up and see for yourself. Oh, I'll book. check it out today. Yeah, you'll probably go buy the game after you see I it. I just might. This, um, do you have you touched 2K17 or 2K18 at all? Then have you seen uh, it? Yeah, yourself? yeah, of course. Yeah, I, yeah I've played it. Um, I enjoy it. I think it looks great. I mean, it's just it, there is a learning curve. I mean, you it, you can play uh, you can play it, but you better learn fast because there's some things that take timing and whatnot. So. Uh, it's still it's a great game that's for sure i remember when i wasn't part of the wwe i, I remember people showing screenshots of me in their game I'm like what the f- how, how am i in this game well they just make anybody they want right there's why this is why there'll never be another wrestling game because you have no chance of competing with the wwe and especially with 2k you're just not going to compete. the library is too big of move sets and endless things you can do. It's not just a, a ring that you can change. It's the arena. Like, you can change pretty much anything in the game to make it what you, whatever you want. So that's, that's a good segue. Um, you were, people were making you as a WWE video game character before you were here. Yes. Uh, actually, we've seen this before, how, like, you know, Sting was on the box or whatever, Goldberg was on the box, and then they ended up... Um, but, the, the, you know, the, people have been talking about you and WWE for years before you got here. So the big question is, was it the right time or, or, or should it have happened before? No, no. Uh, it was easily the perfect time uh, for me to come when I did. Uh, timing's everything. I mean, in everything we've done, when you guys found your most success, you're like, yeah, it was just the right time. Think about when I came, how many guys were hurt at yeah. that time. I mean, Seth, not Seth, but um, I mean, there's like Randy Orton, John Cena. Sure. Uh, Seth was hurt. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a number of guys hurt at that top level. And I'm not saying they brought me in as a top-level guy because I don't think they expect that to happen. Um, but, I mean, a couple years earlier than that, A.J. Lee still worked in the WWE. Sure. So guess who I wouldn't have been? I wouldn't have been A.J. <laughs> Styles. Right. Um, Daniel Bryan was – you know, I think him and I are very similar in some ways. He was still there. You know, th- there was a need for AJ Styles to come w- when he did. What do you think it is that you maybe learned or that you changed about yourself or your character or your presentation uh, once you got to WWE that helped you then go from where you came in to where you are now, which is one of the top guys in the business? Well, I don't think it was about changing. I yeah. think it was about not changing. Mm. Uh, I and don't get me wrong. I learn something every time I step into the ring. That's that's what it's about. And once you stop learning, you might as well just stop what you're doing because, you know, it's it can't, either it's not fun anymore. I think it's fun being learn something new every time I step in the ring. But the the great thing about AJ Styles is that he was AJ Styles. Not only was he AJ, he was the phenomenal AJ Styles. He was what people wanted. You know, and that didn't have to change. And I think that was was a good thing it's been working you know so far anyway yeah was there ever i mean you've wrestled all over the world so maybe wwe is just another step but like 
you know, was there, when you came over, was there ever that moment where you're like, yeah, you know, the ring's a different size, it's different competition. Like, I don't, you don't know if it's going to translate 100%? Well, uh, the, the ring wasn't uh, really a different size uh, as far as when I was in Japan. It was actually the same the size. Same. Now, the ropes were different because pretty much everywhere I've ever, I've ever worked, they're not real rope. They're cables. Right. WWE has always been real rope. So when I got into the Royal Rumble, I didn't know if I could springboard or not because I'd never tried it in the ring. Yeah. Um, so that was a little different for me, but turns out it's, it's not that hard. Yeah. It works pretty well. Um, what, how do you, like, you are, you are in better shape than like 99.9% of human beings alive, right? But like at some point you can't do the springboard off the top rope anymore, right? But you're still going to be a wrestler. No, no. That, that, see, that's the thing. I think that once I can't be AJ Styles, yeah. it's time to hang it up. Once, you know, I don't want people to go, oh, he's just, man, he's not the same AJ Styles that I'm used to. Once that happens because I can't. Some people have said that before. He's not the same AJ Styles. Well, yeah, but I'm a lot smarter and because it, when I did it back in, in the day before, it didn't make any sense. It's, yeah. it's psychology plays a big role in what I do. That's why I think more people enjoy what I do now than they did in the past. But when I physically can't do something anymore, I think it's time to hang it up. Huh. That's not a lot of wrestlers would be that bold. Yeah. I mean, uh, one thing that I think about when you say that is, you know, there's a lot of talk about, well, would you work with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, uh, this, this last WrestleMania? And... Uh, were you disappointed then that he didn't want to do it? Because it's a dream match. I'm sure it's a dream match for you, but he seems to be in a place where he's comfortable not wrestling anymore. You got to respect that. Though. Yeah. I mean, the guy said, I'm going to retire and actually did. Right. He didn't go to another company or anywhere else. And for a lot of money, can, I, I can tell you, had he wrestled at WrestleMania against me, he would have made, uh, you know, some change, a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. I respect the fact that he said, no, you know, it's, I, out of respect for not only this business, but the undertaker who retired me, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And I, I want to be like that. That's the guy that I want to be. Like he had one of his best matches in his career and it was his last one. Why would you want to tarnish that last match when you, I mean, you left on top. You seriously, I mean, it doesn't, that's the way I want to go out. Yeah. What? I mean, maybe a little bit behind the scenes, but what's it? What is it? What is it like to be the guy that everybody has their best match with? I mean, that's what that's that's the that's the book on you now. Like, there's not I can't dig up dirt, right? I mean, it's just yeah. AJ. Like, people will look great when they're in the ring with you. Uh, I mean, that's flattering. Uh, that you know, some of the guys may think that. Um, I just, man, I just want to I just want to go in there and entertain. That's what I do. I take pride in what I do. Yeah, and. No matter where you put me in the match or in, you know, on, on the pay-per-view or whatnot, um, you, you're going to have to follow this. You know, that's my thing is that I go out there to entertain and I do it to the best of my abilities. Uh, and so where that takes me, hopefully I came up with a good plan and, and everything I've learned throughout my career has helped me put together something special. That's awesome, man. Well, um, we'll let you get out of here pretty soon. The, uh, where, where, is, where do you see AJ Styles a year from now? Well, uh, it'd be nice a year from now, you guys are sitting here talking to me about being on the cover of 2K19. Right. That'd be a cool spot for me. But you know what? If I'm not, 
that's okay too. I've had a lot of success in the WWE and I've done a lot of great things since I've been here, a place I never thought I'd be. I just learned to deal with the fact that I was never going to the WWE. I'd never be at WrestleMania and I've learned to deal with it. Now to be able to say I've got two WrestleManias under my belt and to see where the next one leads me to is very exciting. I uh, keep setting goals, whether it be in video games or in professional wrestling in the WWE. Um, it's, it's fun to see what the next step is. That's awesome, man. Oh, we didn't even talk about the, the shakeup. You're, no, still, should, you're yeah. still on SmackDown. Still on SmackDown. I ain't going nowhere. You, still you, on TV, you were very you're very vocal about the fact that you wanted to stay on SmackDown. But there was a lot of talk, rumors that you were going to go to Raw. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go to Raw. Because the thing, the thing is, is that SmackDown makes them, Raw takes them. You know, <laughs> so uh, we're, we're going to build some stars. Uh, not that we don't have them, but we got some guys, I think, that we can do some great things with who aren't at that that top top level yeah we're gonna we're gonna get them there that's what we need to do as a, as a company and i think smackdown's the perfect place to do it because we get to do something that most guys don't get to do over on the red side we get to get in the ring and perform and do what we do best yeah and that's what people want to see and that's what we're going to give them that's awesome thanks man thanks so much man yeah thanks guys